Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey guys, my name's Justin, and I want to welcome you to Inverse. And in the studio, we have Israel and Siku and Sebastian. Aloha. And you guys, and apparently Sebastian just got back from, from Hawaii, so we want to say aloha to you too. <laughs> uh, we missed Sebastian in our last uh, quarter, and you're with us this quarter, and we are studying a new book of the Bible. Not newly written, uh, but a new <laughs> book that we haven't studied yet. Uh, wanted to ask you, what's, uh, what's, what's your favorite book of the Bible? Just going around, I'm curious. Israel? I think my favorite has been the book of John. John, um, okay, classic. Yeah, yeah everyone likes John. John. All right, John. Yeah, my, my favorite is Genesis. Genesis. Mm-hmm. All book right. of beginnings, oh. it explains okay. why we are where we are. Cool, <laughs> you can't choose uh, Genesis and John, what's your favorite? I know, Genesis was gonna be my answer. Um, so I guess outside of Genesis, then I would say. John. Um, <laughs> I like, I, I, I love the book of Revelation. Revelation. Yes, Yeah. I like the idea of symbols and um, you know, having like multiple contexts of understanding. So cool. it's like the limited, but then the spiritual. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. My favorite is probably uh, Nehemiah. I just, mm-hmm. just like uh, Nehemiah, the logistical uh, and then getting stuff like, you know, fixed and all that stuff. Uh, we want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and you can look at our past Bible study guides and you can go to hopetv.org slash inverse, that's the right one. And you can look at our past quarters that we've looked at, the book of uh, Revelation, and then we looked at parts of Genesis. Uh, we will get to the book of John, but in this quarter, we are in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus. So if you have your Bibles, take your Bibles out. We're gonna go to Leviticus. Uh, and in this quarter, we're kind of looking at, or this lesson, we're looking at an overview of all of Leviticus. First, uh, first, um, uh, knee-jerk reaction when you heard Leviticus is is what? Siku, you're, you're, you're grimacing. Yeah. yeah, you think Leviticus, <laughs> gory. Gory? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Blood. Blood, yeah. Okay. Israel? Yeah, sacrifices. Sacrifices. Yeah. Laws, rules. Laws, rules. rules. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the harder books to read, right, if you're kind of doing the Bible in a year thing or reading through the Bible, like Leviticus is one of those books you're Where kind you of like, oh. Yeah, you totally slow down. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You're like 10 chapters a day, and then you come to Leviticus, you're like maybe two. Yeah. two you're today. like flying through Genesis and Exodus, and Leviticus is like, <laughs> oh man, this is like, you know, four verses long. Or like exactly. You feel yeah. like you're reading the, the like articles of the Constitution or something. Yeah. It's like, mm. But this lesson is entitled Jesus. So, in the midst of all this, the whole point is Jesus. And so, we want to start off with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into a Bible text and start talking about little elements of of Jesus. So, Sebastian, can you pray for us? Yes, let's pray. Father in heaven, um, there are fewer things that we could be doing that would grant us even greater inspiration and significance than to meditate on the life of Christ um, through your word. We pray that as we begin this new quarter, studying through the book of Leviticus, that you may open our eyes, that we may behold wondrous things about our Savior. May we understand your heart better, and may this make us better people. And Father, most of all, grant us your spirit and bless us with understanding as we study today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, uh, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11. <laughs> We've been talking about uh, uh, Leviticus, 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 but uh, Isaiah 1, 11 is a great starting verse. So, Siku, if you don't mind reading verse 11 for us. Sure. 
To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. Okay, so there's a, a huge uh, disconnect when it comes to religion and spirituality. Uh, a lot of our uh, wording for religion has been taken over by New Agers like meditation and mm. dwelling and presence and this kind of like inner like warm wah, 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 kind of energy <laughs> stuff. And then when you look at the Bible, which is supposed to be like the, the most spiritual of all books, there's just, just a lot of, you know, in Leviticus, we talked about there's, there's animals and then there's like what kind of animals and what gender of the animal and what, you know, like how you, and it's in a sense, it's not very spiritual, especially the book of Leviticus. Mm. Uh, Israel, can you connect, uh, and we, we, we have a whole episode on this, but connect those and let's get into the starting point of that discussion. Yeah, when you look at Isaiah, what he's responding to is the fact that God's people are wicked. Mm. And wh what has happened up to this point in their experience is the fact that in their mind, they've been so desensitized to sin mm. that they think, oh, as long as I kill something, then I'm all right and I keep on living. And so God mm. is responding here and he's saying, the purpose of religion is to eliminate wickedness in your life. Mm. I mean, that's, mm. and, and, to, not to cover it up. Not right. to cover, yeah, yeah, or excuse it, right? Yeah. And to that extent, Christ or God, Christ and God have set up the Bible and its stories and its teachings mm. and its practices to help guide towards the elimination of evil in the life of the individual. Mm -hmm. And within this context, you have Jesus in the New Testament, but you don't just find him in the New Testament, you find him throughout the entirety of Scripture from mm. Genesis to Revelation. Amen. Mm. And you find him in stories, you find him in people, uh, and you find him in types and symbols. And I think that's where we fit when we land on the book of Leviticus. It is a book of types and symbols that is designed to teach us how horrible sin is to eliminate wickedness from our lives. Mm -hmm. right. That were types and symbols, I think we use that pretty easily, but these are patterns or motifs or yeah. uh, images that point to a larger reality, yeah. yeah. Um, man, that, that's actually powerful. Like religion is the elimination of, 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 of evil, of sin yeah. in our lives. So all this like bloodiness and all this stuff is really to show some of those, those uh, and I, and I think elements. And I think it's ironic that something that is very important to humanity is that things are very sensory, right? Mm. They get our attention, they grasp us, we remember them because mm -hmm. I can see it. Like telling me Jesus died and seeing blood come out of an animal definitely gives you a different color and sense of that experience at least it should, mm -hmm, but right. you can see how easily we degenerate, even in our modern time, into focusing on the external activities of, I went to prayer, I went to church, mm -hmm. I opened the physical Bible, but you haven't really communed with God, mm -hmm. and you're missing the, the significance behind what you're engaging in. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why reading Leviticus, you know, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 11 is really an indictment on any Christian who focuses on the formality of religion while losing the spirit that is behind it. Mm -hmm. And we can do that not just with the blood of bulls and goats, but we can do that even in modern activities of religion. Yeah. Christmas time, the, we're engaging. Easter, just the formality of, correct. of the tradition itself. Yeah. Yeah. Or even the reading of scripture, prayer, mm -hmm. I mean, everything that happens even yeah, yeah, yeah. in the day-to-day -day yeah, yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also thinking, even broaden out, like other religions out there, mm -hmm. they, they all have to interact with evil on a certain way. 
Uh, I'm thinking yeah. of like Buddhism that says there really is no evil. So mm -hmm. it's 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 almost attract like New Ageism is also very attractive because you don't have to deal with the bloodiness or the evil or the or the grossness or it's all it's all good. It's all very ethereal and oh you know and it's just True. you know flowing robes and fl you know like I don't know what else, <laughs> but it's just all very like beautiful and positive. Yes. And like I think in our in our contemporary context, people yearn for that. But the Bible is very real. Hey, there's some junk that we got to deal with and, and you got to come to that encounter point. There's other religions that are more formal and that are just more into the exercise of things. Um, and some people, as, as Braxton, as you said, like they can take the formality of the Bible and they say, hey, that's religion, right? Yep. So people have misinterpreted that. Siku, how have people, like with the whole sacrifice thing, they, they, they see God's character in a different light? Mm -hmm. Why, how? How do we it's, get out of that? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, heavy. Solve the problem we have for the last you know, 5,000 years. Know. Yeah. Um, the challenge that, that's presented in Isaiah chapter 1 is that God, God has put um, in place a way to understand how wicked wickedness is, right? Mm. And um, mm. how terrible sin is that it leads to the death of an innocent creature as far as concerns the sin that you committed and now some innocent creature has to die because of that. And it's supposed to evoke something in you. Yeah. Um, and the sad part, and I, I, I almost hear God lamenting as he say, says these words, like, do you really think that I'm the kind of being who is mm. happy to see creatures dying? Yeah, right. Like, this is what you think of me, you know, that, that you think I delight in this. And it's like, I don't like this, yeah. mm. you know. Um, so that the, the system that God has put in place that is supposed to teach us um, how terrible sin is and draw our minds to our need of a savior, our need of, of God, becomes so corrupted that we think that is, it is a picture of how gory God is, yeah. you know. Um, and, and God is saying that that that's not the purpose of the, I don't delight in sacrifice. I don't like the evil. I don't like mm -hmm. the wicked. I don't like the gory. But it's necessary because it's supposed to bring you to a, a different place in our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and paganism, like the, the gods that they, that they're in, their, in their own system, they like the gory. Right. They need the gory. Yes. It's right, essential. they're they're looking for they're pleased by the gory. There there's some kind of uh, salvation met when they when they get that. And I think to even round that idea out is there's a wrath component, mm. right? Like you've angered the gods, so now you know what? Here's your punishment. You have to give the virgin. You have to give the child. You have to sacrifice this to appease yeah. this god. You yeah. must lose. And this is so counter to the god of the Bible, which is when he uses the word lamb at the end of verse 11, or of, you know, do I delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs and goats? And you think of Jesus in John 1, behold the Lamb of God, right? That God is the one who loses to reconcile us, right? So you have these other pagan religions that are like, you must lose something valuable to you so that I'm no longer angry. But God says, I'm going to lose what is most precious to me because you disappointed me, because you broke my law. Mm -hmm. And imagine how you could go through such a beautiful uh, parable, if you will, to illustrate this point, and yet you've actually reversed it mm -hmm. and made it seem as if God is this bloodthirsty being mm -hmm. who's like, yeah, nah, more blood, more blood. 
And it's like, do you understand? I'm losing. Right. <laughs> this isn't you losing. It's, it's, it's actually like flipped around, right? It's like that, that human beings are the bloodthirsty ones. It's human beings yes. through their actions have caused death. Human beings are the ones that are uh, yearning. I mean, the, all, all, the, all the actions that we do cause this like <gasps> miss, right? Yes. And, and then God is trying to solve that and, and pointing to the death of, of an innocent one uh, of Jesus to, to solve that. But we take that and we just kind of put it upstairs and be like, oh, like the, it's going from down up rather than from down, top, top, top yeah. down. What's, I think what's happening in life is one of two things. Mm. Either we are becoming more like to the image of God mm. or we are making God into our image. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And when we hit, by the time we hit Isaiah, you know, we've, the people there have made God into their own image. And I think it's what, what you were saying earlier, uh, Sebastian, like God gives us beautiful illustrations from the very beginning, from the time that Adam and Eve first fell. Yeah. I mean, you have right there, you have the gravity of sin, you know, mm -hmm. their separation from God. Adam and Eve are, you know, hiding from him. God is searching for them. Yes. All of these different things. And it's beautiful to them. And, and for us looking back that God was the one that was initiating, initiating the mm. salvation process in the life of Adam and Eve. Now, obviously, you know, they sewed fig leaves together. That was not enough to cover their nakedness because they said we were naked, even mm -hmm. though they had fig leaves. And so God gives them a robe, right, or a coat of, of, of animal skins, uh, of animal skins mm -hmm. right? Now, what happens is that over time, if we do not become more like God, then we actually make God more like us, right? Mm -hmm. We think like, okay, we're comfortable. And, this is, and to me, this is actually the crazy thing is that they're comfortable with God being a God a that is, yeah, that yeah. is horrible, yeah. that is demanding these sacrifices and blood. They're, the, the crazy thing is that they're comfortable in that. Mm. And at the same time, the crazy thing is that I know that in my mind, the mind of a human being, when you go deep, deep, deep down inside that thing, it is evil. You know, what, if, yeah. if we had power or if, or if we could get away with stuff, the stuff that we would do, we attribute all of that to God and we get mad at him we blame him for right. wh what who we've created him to be in our own mind and at the same time we love him for it right and so i think mm. this is why it, and it's a very complicated situation this is why the only solution to life is for us to become more like god that's the only and, and solution. imagine and imagine the challenge of what you're saying right is that why are we comfortable with god being that way because if when god is doing righteousness and love and grace that's a contrast to who we are so in, 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 in building off of your point of, well, I need to become more like God, I have, have to first have the correct picture of what that image is. Otherwise, I think I'm already doing that. I'm bringing the blood of bulls and goats. I am growing into the image of God. But you have to first correct that to say, God is a contrast to you. And it is his holiness, which is rife throughout the book of Leviticus, that he is other than, he is exalted, he is pure, he is distinct from you. And it is that contrast that brings the awareness of your own condition. And so the, the becoming into the image of God, dealing with that correction, but also receiving that feedback to say, man, I'm not like God. I'm not as generous as God. I'm not as kind as God. I'm not as patient as God. But if I make him more like myself, that's why I'm comfortable with that terrible image, because I'm terrible. Mm -hmm. right. And there's nothing propelling me to change. Mm -hmm. to, you know, to your question about, you know, 
the, the solution. I don't, <laughs> that was a very huge question, but <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the thing that, that stands out in my mind is these sacrifices were pointing to something mm. they were supposed to be pointing to Christ. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, and when Jesus came, he, he is the express image of God, mm -hmm. right? Yes. He, he is the, the, the person, he is God, right? And he yeah. is the expression of all of who God is and his heart, right. his, it's God who, God's heart in flesh, you know, and you get to see him. Um, with, the, with, the, with the types or with the things that point to Jesus, we can get bogged down by the thing that is pointing to Jesus. Hmm. Um, religion is supposed to be an avenue to bring us to Jesus, who is the one who removes our sin. Amen but we can get bogged down in the religion. Mm. We can get bogged down in the things that are supposed to point us to Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. But when we look at Jesus, mm -hmm. if we could just look at Jesus, I think we would be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the, what the devil does, he wants to get, we can get, we can be the most religious person and not look at Jesus, mm. you yeah. know, or we can be worldly and not look at Jesus. If he can get us to not look at Jesus, then we'll be lost, you know? And this is what Isaiah is saying is, is, is that you're, you're, you're doing all the things. You're, you're following to a T, you know, all the things that God told you to do, but you're not looking at Jesus, the one that it's supposed to point to. Mm -hmm. And if we, maybe that's where the answer is, is like to actually not get bogged down in the types mm -hmm. and you know, a good place to start because we're going to talk about, you we know, are. The things we're going to get into a lot of those right. things. I do want to, and, and we'll, we'll get, we'll, uh, I mean, I don't want to dump it. We're, we're going to get to Jesus and, <laughs> and, and, and because he's like the, 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 the fulfillment. Um, but there, there's some, uh, some, some, uh, and I can broaden it up to y'all, but like who get bogged down with those. And I, I would say maybe not to be too flippant, but we are living in a, in a, a vegan popular culture mm. with animal rights. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, hey, and some of you may be reading this for the first time, you're like, but why does God uh, want all these animals to die? Like, mm. uh, okay, to show death, okay, but that's just a lot, a lot of animals. Like, where's the, the value of life in animals in, in all this? Is that a fair mm. question to ask? I mean, that's a, that's a more of a presupposition question than before getting into it. Yeah. Israel, you're a lover of animals. Why? Yeah, Can you, how, do, how, do you, how do you resolve that <laughs> in, 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 in your mind? Yeah, no, I, I think, so we own chickens, you know? Mm. I'm a chicken owner. Okay. Um, and, and, the, and, and they're going to talk about chickens. <laughs> yeah, you set me up. You set me up. Yeah, Justin set me up. So, so, you know, yeah, it, it's funny because now when people come to my house and they joke about chickens, you know, like, oh, I'm going to eat that chicken or, you know, mm -hmm. let's, you know, it, it, it gets me upset because <laughs> I'm like, dude, you know, these chickens are not, we don't even have the chickens for eggs. Like the chickens eat better than us. You know, we give mm -hmm. them like steel cut oats and, you know, all these <laughs> kinds of things. Right. So, um, and they have a better house, like in a tornado, we go into the chicken coop. I mean, it, it's right. So, uh. And, and, and so, you know, we, we love these animals. Yeah. Um, now, the, what's crazy to me is there was this, not too long ago, unfortunately, a hawk came and, and disrupted the flock, mm. tried to eat one of the chickens. Mm. And I have, the, my favorite of all chickens was the little rooster, you know? And he, funny guy, he's, <laughs> he's got issues in life, you know? He, 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 attacks, he attacks me. I mean, the guy is proud, you know, he's a little guy, but okay. he walks like he's big all these different issues, but he 
he died for the sake of the flock. Like mm. the hawk came, got a, 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 the hen which is bigger than him, and he went and attacked the, defended the, yeah, uh, the defend, hens, and then ultimately yeah. he died. He died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, to me, when 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 I went and I found him, and I had to I, give him an, an honorable burial. Proper burial. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I love it. Yeah, it was it was heart wrenching. I felt I genuinely felt sad, even though chickens don't have like a huge lifespan. And, right. You know, I don't know the names of the hens. Jude, my wife does, but I don't. So, what the the opposite has actually happened. I think when I when I when I see the loss of life in the chicken, mm. the the profound impact that it has on me, not just with my chickens, but now with really animals on the road or the deer. Life. Yeah, with life in, in and of itself. When you realize the significance of the price that your sin cost mm -hmm. and you have to yourself not just witness the death of, of an animal that you love because you know it's not like they went and they picked up some animal from the side of the road and killed it right right it's this the is best a, of the best it, yeah it was yeah. born in yeah. their flock they had yeah. to feed it they had to it was it was pure and perfect they yeah. had to maintain it perf you know in in that form and at the end they were preparing it from the very very beginning to kill it mm. you know yeah. and and as an offering for something that they did mm -hmm. and so i think that in, in, we live in a society today where we actually value animal life even more than human life, which that in itself is right. kind of mind-blowing. Sure. But the purpose of the sacrifice was to teach us sin is horrible, mm -hmm. as, and this is a result of it. Actually, yeah. it, it didn't cost the life of your chicken or the life of your lamb or the life of your bull. It cost the life of the Son of God who gave you life, mm -hmm. right? And that's how horrible it is. So I think, and and, yeah. and how crazy is that, right? Like as a vegan, right, or a person, you know, supporting animal rights, is that we have greater outrage about the sacrifice of animals than the sacrifice of God's son. Yeah. So it's like your mistake, your evil. While you may con condemn and criticize one evil or one problem, and you're trying to point out a fault, like what's with all these animals? Easily, the, the sacrifice itself is saying, well, what's with all those things in your life? Mm -hmm. What's with all the evil, the selfishness, yeah. the neglect of your children? You can be for animal rights, and yet you're not being the father you need to be. Yeah, there's a total, there's an irony and hypocrisy in that. Uh, I would also say, back to Isaiah 111, and in, in, in combining your guys' comments, that these guys, I think, maybe in Genesis, that they were pastoral, right? They were on flocks mm -hmm. and they knew their, their animals and they had their chickens and, you know. Right. But by Isaiah's time, this had become uh, a cold business, mm -hmm. right? And so yeah. they're just lining up. And in Jesus' time, like they had, uh, you know, Selling sell your thing and, and this isn't precious life. This yeah. is just uh, an empty means and just uh, for, for your religious expression. Yeah. The, the, the other, cheapening of that. The other thing that I, that I failed to mention is the fact that we blame God for this. Mm. You know, like, hey, God, you know, God doesn't value the, an, the animal's <laughs> life. But actually, it's the person killing it that, mm. you know, because mm -hmm. no one is forcing us to sin. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it shows, it shows what, happens, mm -hmm. what happens in the mind of a human being that we think to ourselves, mm. my sin is greater than the life of the animal. You know, and yeah, mm. I, I can commit adultery and you know what? I'll just come, kill this animal, sacrifice it, I'm done. Next sin, right. kill this animal. And so we actually don't value the life. It's not something that we should pin on God, but pin on the human experience. That flippancy is where we have to just, is, 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 is a huge danger yeah. in that. Um, let, let's, let's transition to, to, to Jesus here. So in, in Leviticus, I mean, there are, there are churches 
small groups, uh, entire congregations that have been raised from studying the book of Leviticus. So this isn't some side weird, you know, you know, cheap recipe book. Right. This is a foundation for seeing not the, the flippancy of life, but really the, the value of Jesus. Uh, we're going to get into it from week to week, but just to uh, give everyone a tease here, and from what you guys can just remember off the top of your head, what are, what are some things that you see in Leviticus that point directly to Jesus? I mean, the first thing, the sacrifices. Yeah. Um, the actual, every sacrifice pointed to an aspect of, you know, the sacrifice of Christ. And yeah. so studying it actually gives us a fuller, appreciation for the sacrifice that Christ made for us. Like, I used to sigh. I'm like, there's this one sacrifice, oh, and another sacrifice, okay. And, and you're just like, why, are there, why, why can't you just be able to one sacrifice? Like, what's the, why can't, just one type, one symbol. Mm. But it's like Jesus' sacrifice is, is that, like, big yeah. that he needs, um, was it four or five or whatever it is, multiple to show every aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's also all-encompassing. There's not, there's not an area of my life that the life and ministry of Jesus mm -hmm. does not touch. Mm. And so whether it's, you know, my, the forgiveness of my sin or uh, support in my daily living or mm -hmm. even at last victory over my shortcomings, mm -hmm. every aspect of my life, Christ is the answer for mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I, for me, the, the, also the, the priest, right? The fact that you as a common Israelite could not come into the sanctuary and you needed this mediator to even take the sacrifice to God on your behalf. And so you see that how many priests you had to have and generationally these priests get old, you got to rotate, right? So it's not just you always in the sanctuary and yet Christ continues persistently, right? So all of those priests throughout the time of Leviticus and beyond were all representing something that Jesus does by himself. He never dies. He's always persistent. He's always in the sanctuary and he's never weary. And so the ability to have that mediator and advocate on your behalf, I think, is also a beautiful thing with these mm -hmm. sacrifices that are being carried and applied because of him and what he represents mm -hmm. as well. So I think that's also a beautiful thing of Christ in there. So as we're talking here, uh, maybe there's someone out there and they're like, hey, uh, you guys are convincing me. Hey, maybe Le Leviticus is, ain't that bad. I'm going to give it a chance. And then they read through chapter one, they're at chapter two, and they're like, oh, man, this, this is getting bad. This is getting bad. <laughs> and then they get through. What are, what are some quick tools that you guys can, that help you get through the book of Leviticus? I mean, and we all have the same struggle, but what helps yeah. you guys? Israel, you're nodding your head vigorously. Yeah. No, I was, I was agreeing with what you're saying. <laughs> I have no Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, for me, the, where I've come to the point in my Christian experiences, I've always, I always try to ask myself the question, where is Christ in this? Mm. Mm -hmm. And what does that teach me about my life right now? Mm -hmm. You know, what, mm. what, what I'm going through in life right now, mm -hmm. how does this picture of Jesus or this illustration that is supposed to point to Christ, what does this teach me about the character of Christ mm -hmm. and what he can do for me in my current life? So not problem? just for Leviticus, but really every text, yeah. but specifically for Leviticus, and, it helps. Yeah, because yeah. the whole point of Levit Leviticus is, is to point mm -hmm. to Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. You guys? Another thing that, yep. that I do is, is actually slow down, and it's okay to slow down mm -hmm. um, because the text requires you to slow down. That's why you get to Leviticus and it's like, whoa, you know. Yeah. So just being okay with this, I'm going to go slower here. Mm-hmm and apply that, yeah. what is what I'm saying. What helps me is like not knowing where I am in the, in the, in, on the map. I need to zoom out. 
So a structure helps. And then the first uh, 15 chapters talks about sacrifices. The last half talks about the priest. And right in the middle is the Day of Atonement. You may have no idea what we're talking about right now, but for the next 13 weeks and the 13 episodes, we're going to look at every, almost every chapter of the book of Leviticus, and we want you to join us. So thanks for joining us. Hopefully this has been a encouraging and inspiring conversation on the book of Leviticus and pointing to Jesus. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is inverse.